Bing Bang Bang here, and today we are going to be having a little chat about board games, more specifically two-player board games. But first, as always, we have some announcements. Tales Unfinished are prepping for Fantasy Age, and you can too with 5% off Green Ronin Store with the code TALESUNFINISHED. You can also use the link below, so go ahead and grab a discount on any of their games. Next up, live on Kickstarter, Blister Critters by Oddgob Games and the Stillfleet Studio is the world's greatest cartoon animal TTRPG. Play as a cartoon animal who wields bizarre mutations, trying to survive in a vast, cruel suburbia. Get everything you need to play in one boxed set. Pick up the game's intuitive mechanics in minutes, and then take control of a strangely familiar world. If you haven't tried the Grit system, or if you've ever wanted to play as a little dude in a world after humanity, Blister Critters is the game for you. This project was funded in about six hours on Kickstarter, so they are onto the stretch goals now. Um, if you also want to check out the actual gameplay of it, they do have the quick start rules available for free. So head to play.blistercritters.com or check on that link below. But now it's time to move back on to our main topic for today's episode, which is all about two-player games. Um, mostly board games, but we will uh, see how that goes. And when I say we, that's because I do actually have a special guest with me today. Um, so I am joined today by uh, my wife, Bryony. Hello! <laughs> um, so, um, tell us about yourself then. So I'm Bryony Marshall and I'm an author. Uh, I currently have two stories available for you to read out there. Uh, the first was Unraveled, a rom-com set in a wool shop. And then the second is From Rags to Richie, which is a forbidden romance. And they're both currently available as paperbacks and ebooks. And then I'm currently working on my third. Shh. Um, so you can find the links to those below in the show notes. And I just thought, you know, obviously with Valentine's Day coming up, um, there is no better expert on two-player rom-coms uh, than my wife. So uh, that's <laughs> why I I roped her into helping me to record this episode. Um, <laughs> so two-player games. We have a few and looking over our collection not as many as i would like to have um so when i normally think about two player games for the most part um it's tcgs trading card games are basically the the main thing that i know of from two player games um, and then there's also obviously miniature wargaming as well, like Warhammer. Um, those are kind of it really in my brain when it comes to two player games. But we do have some board games that we do play two player. So yeah. um, what are some of your favourites that we've got that we play? My favourite at the minute has to be Everdale. Uh, that's probably my favourite purchase from UK Games Expo last year. Um, I like that one because although we're playing against each other, you actually are creating your own village and it's still cutesy. Mm. It's not, I'm going to stab you in your sleep. 
<laughs> which yeah i mean that's that's what 90 percent of, uh, of 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 my games are um no everdell is good it's a uh worker placement resource management game uh with cute woodland critters yeah. on it um it's yeah it's it's a very nice game and normally i'm not one for for nice nice games but in terms of the actual like the board game design itself it's just a really nice thing to look at with it's this aesthetically pleasing yeah it's it's got a it's got a big like tree board that you set up in the middle um it's got berries sap twigs and what is the other resource it was stone and resin oh yeah that yeah, was it that was resin, it not sap. Oh. uh i know terrible <laughs> um but they're just they're really like tactile um tokens and counters that they've got with it uh little wooden meeples for your uh workers um but yeah as 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 you say it's definitely one of those where you get to kind of just focus more on your own game rather than actively working against someone else. Yeah, because we were discussing a little bit before, weren't we? And like a lot of the other games that we like to play together, they are kind of different faces of that player versus player idea. Mm -hmm. Like Happy Little Dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean... That's one of my favourites, because again, it's cute. (laughs) But I'm throwing diseases and meteors your way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um... Yeah, it's it's a weird juxtaposition on things like that because obviously they have got all of that really sort of cute artwork and, you know, they are all nice. But at the end of the day, you can literally just cause your opponent to go extinct. Yeah, that's the like end one, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of two-player games, if you want to have it as like a date night thing, then something that is a bit more like Everdell where yeah. yeah okay there might be a winner at the end of it um although it was very close in our I last game our last game was really it was a point in it, it. Was a, yeah there was a point difference um if it came down to resources though i think that you would have absolutely won like even more on that but that's because one of my cards yeah that was one of my game plans and my cards as well that was why but yeah it was literally our point and yep. we, we felt so tense mm-hmm. do you remember like when we were adding up the points, it was really tense. But, uh, you know, you've got all of these little, like, woodland critters just looking at you, and it's like, I genuinely feel like I'm going to pass out in a second. <laughs> the pressure is real. Uh, the squirrels are going to attack me and steal all of my pebbles. <laughs> so, and we played that for our anniversary. Yeah. So, going along, like, couples games mm-hmm. and, like, Valentine's, we played that on our anniversary, and it was really nice. Yeah. It's, it's those sorts of things where you get to kind of, I wouldn't say like forget about the other player, but you're working on your thing. You're not actively going out of your way to just mess with the other player. There is the odd thing you can do, yeah. but it's not definitely needed for the game. You can you could complete a game without hindering mm-hmm. the other player. Not intentionally anyway. Yeah, You can sit on their spot that they want to go to. But, or, but not intentionally. <laughs> or just, you know, grab one of the cards. Yeah, from, the pool. Yeah. And it's, it's a similar thing, really, with, like, um, Wingspan. Yeah, we like Wingspan as well. Mm-hmm. Again, very tactile. Um, really nice, like, just egg tokens. The eggs are beautiful in that game. 
and the deck of just hundreds of cards. Like, we've played it a few times so far. We've seen barely any of the actual cards that are in there because there's just so many. And they're all real bird species. Mm -hmm. They are all genuine bird species. Obviously, now you've got the uh, the new version that's coming out, um, Wormspan, which oh, yeah. is a uh, dragon version of that. So if, if birds aren't your things, but dragons are, um, there's there's a game for you on that. It's literally just the same thing, but it's dragons. Maybe not all real species of dragons, though. That would be quite boring, like bearded dragon. And then you get the next card, and it's a bearded dragon. And then you get a... <laughs> Ticket to Ride, I guess, is another similar one on that sort of vein. Um, you are obviously trying to work on creating your train route. So yeah. you're not openly um, messing with another that player. That blind, isn't it? You don't actually know where the person has to go, do you, yeah. in that one? So you don't, again, yeah, you're so, not actively being mean but you can be mean without realizing <laughs> yeah you could you could block up their route that they're trying yeah. to go on but again it's one of those that you are working towards a goal same with wingspan and everdell yeah and, yeah. and everdell and it's not open warfare <laughs> <laughs> um villainous Treads a board on that one. Disney villainous. Yeah. Um, all of the villainous games, obviously, there's the, the Marvel and the um, Star Wars ones as well. Because you are having to attack other players' yes. cards on that. And you use a mechanic of the character. So, again, it depends what character you choose to play as. And if you're in two-player, you have to choose. And then it depends what you're going to do against whoever. Um, there's... Obviously, there are other set collecting games as well, like um, we've got Sushi Go Party. Oh, yeah. Um, again, obviously, it's got cute faces on it. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just little bits of sushi with little faces on it. But like, because it's a party game as well, though, you do get that feeling that if you expanded it with other players, though, would it actually bring more to the table? I think that's the question we had with a lot of our two-player games because mm-hmm. they could be opened up to for more players the question was would would it be more beneficial to the game would you see more of the game if there was more people at the table yeah it's it's a really it's a difficult one because obviously in our sort of day to day we don't have uh too many people that we could sort of have a board game night with yeah um, not uh, not physically that are like geographically nearby. Um, so obviously, for example, um, I've got my um, podcast group, um, Tales Unfinished, shameless plug, um, and we are all over the UK. Um, you know, there are two that live with each other, and then uh, but they're also kind of slightly in Scotland. Um, so getting people together for like a board game night, it's just not a thing that can happen. So a lot of the time, if we're playing a board game, we are just playing it with the two of us. And that does mean that there are certain games that we own, that we really enjoy, that we can't actually play, like Munchkin. Munchkin. Munchkin, Munchkin, um, 
obviously a classic game um, by Steve Jackson. Three players, I think it's three to five yeah, players. Three uh, minimum. Yeah. That's the bigger, biggie one, isn't it? Because you need to either get your friends to help you to kill the monsters or you need to stab people in the back. If you're just playing as two players, nobody's going to help each other. Everyone's going to stab <laughs> each other in the back. It's it's as simple as that. So it's and one fight of those for the best armor. You have to build your armor collection in yep. that one, don't you? Um, we've got you know we've got um different versions yeah. of it. You know we've got regular Munchkin. We've got Munchkin bites. Um, we've had like some of the holiday packs over the years. Um, we got Munchkin loot letter, which is a love letter. Um, you know, reskin, which yeah, fine. You can play that one as two player. Um, but again, there is just a definite you're you're playing to win in that one, which is kind of awkward considering it's like love letter. <laughs> love letter. <laughs> um, but then they did obviously make the Munchkin trading card game as a way for people who enjoyed the look and the ridiculous puns. Um, to be able to play that with just two players. Uh, we have decks for that. We do. Did we ever actually play it? I don't think we did. No. Um, Which did is we? weird, yeah, because we were so excited for that when it was coming out, and now it's another one of those, you know, you find the booster packs in the bottom of, like, a bargain bin or on eBay, someone selling them off for, like, a pound a go. Yeah. We mentioned like card games, didn't we? And we said about how they are obviously they're the most common two player yeah. and only two player games that you can get. I mean, I have terrified you in the past through a fairy Pokemon deck. I'd, like, right. So <laughs> we started collecting Pokemon together um, around the X and Y era. Yeah. Um, so obviously around X and Y new Pokemon type comes out. It's fairy type. And as we are there and we're getting so many cards, like we got multiple elite trainer boxes through that that are just jam-packed. We bought lots of starter decks as well. Yeah, no, that's how how we actually started collecting from there. Um, Yeah, I had the Froakie starter deck and you had the The Fennekin one. Yeah. Um, So we started out with those. And as we're going along, we're opening boosters and we're collecting. It hits a certain point where anything that Bryony sees that's, uh, you know, not cute. Yeah. Yeah, you just gave that one to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely was I was just like, I, I don't really like fairy type as a concept. The only reason that I didn't really like it realistically is it's things that had been established for a very long time in Pokemon, like uh, Clefairy or Jigglypuff, when they were just normal types before. Yeah. And then suddenly they become fairy types. Now, it, it does make sense. They had to glow up. Yeah, I completely understand that. <laughs> but it changed It changed so much about the game when suddenly their entire typing changed. And I think I just took, you know, like, slight offence to it. <laughs> So I didn't really look at the fairy cards at all properly. Um, And I was just giving them over to you. And then 
we were playing games and then I was getting my ass handed to me by these fairies. <laughs> Consistently. It, it was, yeah. It was a car bink combo. Yeah. The amount of energy acceleration, um, the fact that they could just freely move around energy on the board to whoever needs it, hit for the amount of fairy energy that you have on them. Xerneas could swap for Xerneas. I think that was yeah. one, one of the moves that could be done. I think it was Xerneas. Yeah. Um, you had them where they weren't affected by any special conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could heal. They had a barrier one, didn't they? They had a bench yep, barrier Yeah, they had a bench one. barrier. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. It's like they went, okay, so we've got a new type in this card game. What can we do to make it completely overpowered? Let's just give it every single ability. Um, it's been rotated out now, though, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's Aww. a weird. <laughs> do you know? I actually, I actually find the newer switch up worse than I found the addition of fairy as a thing. I, the way that they've done it now is you've got. It used to be that poison types psychic types and ghost types all came under the psychic classification in the Pokemon trading card game. Um, And then dark types were just dark types. Now I believe that it is, I want to say that I want to get this right. I think that it's dark and poison are now dark types and that it's psychic and ghost that are psychic types. So they've mixed things around, but then they put fairies in to the psychic types as well. And they got rid of fairy as its own specific type and the whole um, basic energy on it. I kind of get why they did it with the other two. um, Because obviously when it comes to that, I know we've gone really sidetracked on this. Um, (laughs) Like water and ice go under the water bracket. Flying goes under the colourless normal bracket. Um, fighting, ground and um, rock all go under that uh, the fighting bracket. And then dragon doesn't even have its own actual like basic energy at all. So if you're a dragon, you have to have multiple types. Long story short, those decks were terrifying. Um <laughs> Now everything's changed. We haven't really been keeping up with the Pokemon TCG no. releases um, because there's just there's just so many of them. Yeah. And we had our decks at a point that we were happy with. And at the end of the day, if we're happy with how those decks are, and we're not playing competitively. Yeah. You know, it is just, for the most part, it's us two playing at home. So do we need to keep going out and collecting every single booster pack that comes out? Probably not. Just it's just the mechanics. Like sometimes I miss like seeing the new mechanics on things. Mm-hmm. Like that's why the fairies did appeal to me as well, and they were pink. But obviously yeah. <laughs> the mechanics as well were different than what I'd seen before. Because I do like fire as well. I want to just say that, throw that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't play anymore. No fairies. No. <laughs> um, and then you've got your Mew deck as well. Yeah. That was I think Mew was the bench barrier though in fairy. I remember rightly. Probably was. I think it had a had a fairy card, see? It appealed to all of my loves. <laughs> Petition to bring back fairy <laughs> fairy type of Pokemon. No. No. We'll speak to the Pokemon company. <laughs> we'll hit them up. 
Um, but yeah, when it comes to trading card games like that, they are obviously directly competitive. Mm-hmm. But they are still fun. Well, we used to build decks together. Yeah. And then I think that's a couple activity. Mm-hmm. More so than the actual play, I suppose, and like the trading and the collecting part of it as yeah. well. Not necessarily the game play as such, but everything that goes around it. That was if you can do that with somebody, yeah. that's really enriching. It's the it's the hobby nature, it's the sharing thing. It's literally to open up a booster pack, even if you've you know you secretly just grabbed a booster pack for yourself and then you open it up and then you see a card and you go, Oh, I'll give that one to Bryony. Yeah. I think actually there's so many times in my unboxing videos um, that I did for YouTube and I'm literally opening up the packs and I'm saying that that's a card that you're going to have off of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think having someone to do that with and being able to kind of share in that hobby with makes it better. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it can be quite cute when you can then, like, get yourself... Uh, like the little, you know, oh, I'm going to buy this version of this set. Do you want to buy the other one? Yeah, yeah. Um, Or to just go in on one of the big expensive sets and then just split it down the middle. Yeah, because it will work for that because of what you get in the boxes and things. Mm-hmm. Like an elite trainer box, as you mentioned before, you can definitely split that. Yeah. Um. So as an author, oh, yeah, Um. Obviously, we have some storytelling uh, board games as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those as sort of a a two-player thing? Well, I loved Gloom. Gloom appealed to me straight away. I think I saw that on YouTube first. So I saw the cards. I saw how different they were, like the see-through layover idea. And then on top of that, it was a fact that you had to tell the story of their deaths. Like it, it was just, it was just fantastic. And then we ended up with we've got th- three of those in total. Two, one's a base game. Yeah, and then the Unhappy Homes yeah. expansion. And then is the fairy tale one? Yeah, fairy tale. So I really enjoyed everything about them, the storytelling aspect, and the actual look of the game and the way that it worked. Um, but again, I know I've played that with my family. Like mm-hmm. we've played that as a full family four unit before, and that's worked really well. Yeah. Um, but I do love that game. I just love everything about it. And then I suppose it's the, the more original. I suppose you could say was Once Upon a Time. We've mm-hmm. got that one, but we haven't played that much. Considering that I am an author. Yeah. We we Vernonize outside of the board game mm-hmm. <laughs> more than we play the board game. Um. Maybe just a prompt. Maybe I just don't like having a prompt for my Vernonizing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> fair. They, they are really fun games. I think if you are comfortable telling stories... In front of who you're playing with, in that's front important. Of, yeah, absolutely. If you're comfortable telling stories in front of who you're playing with, then those would be fantastic games for you. Um, if you are not keen on them, they do not work well at all as just a card game because you are meant to describe the actions on the card. So Gloom, you might uh, have a um, like a poison or something. You've got to describe how that poison um, will kill off a family member. Um, 
once upon a time you kind of you play down your cards you're saying like oh uh there was a prince who was walking down um stream by a river and then the next card that you would play would be a river card um but someone might have a card that can link into that like and a bridge and then that's when they can yeah. play that card down and sort of take over the story um so they're they're fun for that but they're not really an icebreaker game no because we have got a good icebreaker game mm-hmm. that we have played as couples yeah but four of us yeah <laughs> That was good. I'll, I'll let you talk about that one. So uh, there's retake. So there's Blockbuster, uh, which is by Big Potato Games, um, and that is exactly what it says on the tin. It's like it's Blockbuster video. I won't sing it for copyright reasons. Probably don't. I really want to. Though. I please don't. I, Everyone can mentally fill that in. Yep. There you go. Um. <laughs> Um, so yes, you have the different film categories and you have to start out with, you get a prompt and you've got to go back and forth between the two teams. Um, and whoever like can't think of a film, uh, for that prompt or when the timer runs out, uh, then the other team takes the thing and you basically end up having to pick out different categories of films. Think of it a bit like Trivial Pursuit. You need to collect one of, like, each genre. Yeah. So you've got, like, comedy. You've got, like, uh, animations. You've got classics. Um, I assume rom-com is probably on there. I think romance was, yeah. Yeah. Um, action. Action. Horror. Was it horror? Was it yeah, sci-fi? Yeah, no, I, th- I, think, I think horror and then I think sci-fi might have been a separate, separate one. one. Um, I'm just thinking of my blunder, that's why. I, it's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you have to say a quote for one of them. You have to, um, and the, the thing with the quote is it can be a real quote or it can be made up, um, (laughs) which leads to a lot of fun. Uh, you've got the act it out where you kind of, you know, it's charade style. You act out a scene from it. Yep. Yep. Great when you don't know what the film is or you get it mixed up with another film. That was my blunder. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand where you went wrong with that. It's completely fine. Alien versus Predator was a thing. And I was doing Alien for Predator. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's a, it's an honest mistake to make it's if you haven't seen it. It's fine. Um, And then the other one... It was one word, wasn't it? Yes. You were only allowed to say one word. And that, that one was hard. Yeah, that can be really, really tough. Um, You're missing the best bit, though. The actual board is the parking lot for Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. and that's, like, that's incredible. I'd have led with that. That would have been the first thing I'd have it, said about the it game. Also, it also has, like, a, a the sign that you have to put up, like, the like the billboard that you have to put up, and it's, 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 it's very tactile, and the box for it is a, uh, oh, yeah. a VHS case as well. Um. There's also an expansion for it, which is called, I think it's literally called like Blockbuster Returns, um, which we can only wish for. Um, (laughs) But you pick out the order that you want to do those in. So which one you want to do for the one word, which one you want to act out, which one you want to do the quote from. Then you also have to um, give over the other three that you don't want to do to the other team. 
So they have to also do a one word. They have to do an act it out and they have to do a quote. That's a good double day. That's a good double day game. It's really helpful when you are there in a couple and you do have different tastes in films. Mm -hmm. Except for when you're trying to get them to guess something (laughs) specific to a film. That they have absolutely zero idea on. Yep. But it is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we've we've played that one a few times now. Yeah. And it has always just been a, a fun sort of double date game. An icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got somebody who likes games, but they're not as into games as perhaps we are, but they're your friends and you've got them over and they want to play, you know, we've got this massive display of board games. They want to get involved. That's a good one to choose. It's a good icebreaker. I think that's what I'd label that as. Yeah. I'll let you cough a minute. <clears throat> we take. In terms of co-op games, we really do not have many. That's what we realised, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I like that style of gaming. And then you looked at the wall and you were like, oh... That doesn't show in our collection of games. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. Like we have got uh, like the Cryptozoic deck building games. Um, so there's you know, Penny Arcade, uh, Gamers versus Evil. Uh, there's DC deck building game, and um, then we've also got. Somehow I still haven't played it. It's still in the still in the packaging. Uh, the Power Rangers deck building game. Um, by Renegade Game Studios. So, like, we've got those. Yeah, which they we are... have played some versions of. Yeah, they I are. I enjoy them. I remember, I think I was Harley Quinn in one of them. Yeah, yeah. They are, they're okay. Um, I think with the DC one, because I had the Forever Evil pack, technically there is also an element of... I think that you could end up with a secret mission um, on some of those characters. So it still has that element of playing against each other. Um, But then other co-op games that we've got is um, the Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid game. (laughs) Which... Somehow, so far on this podcast, I haven't spoken about, and it takes up two entire shelves on our Kallax just on its own. With a pretty display. It has a nice display. I don't even have every single piece of this game that's been released so far. You want it, though. Of course I want it. (laughs) Um, So I've got the base game. I've got the... um, Kickstarter exclusives. I've got... Uh, Shattered Grid, Rise of the Psycho Rangers. Um, I've got, you know, the two big figures of Cyclopsis and the Megazord. I've got the Squat and Babu uh, character pack. I've got the Zeo Rangers. And then I've got the um, Legacy of Evil uh, villain pack. And we have played pretty much just within the starter box and the kickstarter exclusive stuff because 
game is really tough. It's hard. It's really hard. For two players, the way that the game works and the way that the game deals with that is it goes, okay, there are only two of you. You're going to each control two rangers. You're going to have more uh, tokens and more resources to be able to move around. But whenever you, as a player, move one of your rangers to a location, the other one has to go. So if you need to go to a location and deal with something that could deal with only just having one being placed there, you can't do it. You have to send two of them there. So you end up not being able to effectively distribute your rangers around the board, which has led to us losing most of the time. Yeah. It's just during setup. Like, uh, it will have a few locations panicked or two locations panicked. Monster comes out instantly panics the location next deployment of foot soldiers instantly panics the location lose the game and that's you said it earlier it's, it's just it's disheartening to even start the game at times when you know that that has happened that many times it takes a big setup as well like you've got to be really into that game and half the time you come to the table and you're excited for it you spent the time getting it out laying it out putting it together choosing new ranges to then not really get that far. I, I think we have ended up, there have been times where the setup, definitely yeah. the setup and the, you know, packing it away has taken longer <laughs> than we survived the game. I think our shortest one, it was like second turn or something that we lost the game. It was crazy. Was that a Halloween one? I think, I think so. Yeah. One of the pumpkin wrapper ones. So, oh, this would be great. <laughs> Is a Halloween themed game. Play this one, you know, we have the pumpkin wrapper there as the villain. And then like two turns in and then we've just lost. I'm like, cool. Pack it away. <laughs> that was fun. Thanks for playing that game with me, dear. Um Yeah. Cause I like like I play like playing the Pink Ranger. You're quite taken with the Red Ranger. Yep. So it'd be quite nice to have a table again of Rangers, and then we're coming away again from that two player cooperative idea. <laughs> I think it's it's nice that they included a way that you can play the game as two players. Yeah. Because let's not kid ourselves. Power Rangers is very niche. <laughs> right? Obviously, 90s kids, you take the game to them, you have the base set is literally, it's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, so you get to turn around and go, oh, look, you can play as all of the original Power Rangers. They'll go, yeah, that's awesome. And then you go, oh, okay, um, so I've got this Dino Charge pack uh, and I've got the um, I've got the Shattered Grid comic book expansion that has a Power Ranger team from uh, the YouTube RPG show of, um, what was it called? I can't see, I can't remember, uh, Hyperforce, that was it. And then the, you've lost that person there. Yeah, bye. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 incredibly niche, so you need to be able to have it so that it can be played by two players. Yeah. But you can, you can. You we can. have played it many times. I think I've only ever played it two player. You've not, but yeah, I've only I've, ever played it two player. I've I've played it as with four players, and I can tell you that we were severely lacking a fifth ranger. Um it's it's kind of is optimized for five rangers. Which is fair. Yeah. It's it's thematic, that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, looking at things, it's become quite apparent that we definitely need more two-player co-op games. Because when you first asked me about two-player games, I went straight for video games, didn't I? Yeah. I was talking about the Yoshi game that I used to play. Mm-hmm. Yoshi's Woolly World. Yeah. And when you play two-player on that, you literally have to use each other to get through the levels. And then I started talking about It Takes Two, which mm-hmm. I haven't played yet. I'm really excited to play. But again, you have to have that other person to play it. And we were saying we haven't got a board game that's like that. Yeah. That's what we're missing in our collection. A game where you have to have two and only two people to complete the game. Make an escape room. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we did an escape room uh, <laughs> recently. Um. Yep. It went well. We had a really, no, no, we had a really good run. We've done quite a few. We've done a few and we'd only ever got locked in once. And I'll be honest with you, that one was quite submersive with the game host being quite in character, which was quite terrifying. It was, especially because that was, um, it was, you know, it was post lockdown. (laughs) So it was just terrifying to be out in the first place. And then... The person was equally terrifying. He was very good. He was in, they don't exist anymore, which is a shame, but he was really good. He was in character, um, which did bring a different element to the experience. Like all your health and safety and everything was told in character for the room that we were about to do. Um, but that was probably what put us into a frantic frenzy and we got locked in. <laughs> yeah. But apart from that, we had a really good winning streak. Mm-hmm. Like we'd done the show, like officially licensed one and everything. And then we got to this one the other day and we got locked in. Yeah. Not not ideal. No. Um, so close. So close. But we're going to do more this year, aren't yeah. we? Because we had a break for a little bit. But we're thinking we need a board game like that. So we can bring that kind of cooperative play but to the table. Like We know that there are the ones like um, Unlock and Exit that are literally there as those... Um, Escape rooms in a box. They are board game versions of escape rooms. Which we need one of. We yeah. haven't got one. Um, obviously, one of the other ones that we did um, as well before was we did the um, Cyanide Mysteries um, case file. Yes, we did. As yeah. well. Um, oh, which... that's another loss. Yeah. That... Why are you mentioning that? <laughs> it, was, it was a loss. <laughs> We were trying to be great detectives and figure out this case, um, but it was it was fun. No, it was. No, it was really, really fun. We lost because of our own brains, not anything to do with the actual game itself. That that one, it makes you think a lot. We can link that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the issue with things like that is, as much as they are fun, those ones are single use. Yeah. You know, they don't have much replay value, which when you want a two-player co-op game, you want something that is going to have that replay value. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I guess one of the main things that we will put to you, the audience, is um, what two-player co-op game recommendations uh, do you have? Yeah. or just whatever your favourite two-player games are in general. Yeah. Um, as you said, you know, we have had some sort of video game ones that we've done over the years. Uh, anything that has just that sort of multiplayer functionality on it. 
um, are, are things that we enjoy doing. But we're also, I think it's one of those things is we don't ever take our gaming too seriously. Oh, no. That we can play trading card games against each other. Um, you know, I mean, if I took my gaming too seriously, I probably never would have picked up the My Little Pony trading card game with you, for example. And then my first ever Warhammer game, I yeah. won against you, and yeah. you've been playing that for years. All right, yeah, that's, that's absolutely fine. I, <laughs> and it was my first ever game. I, I did I did take a break <laughs> for 20 years. Maybe I just got rusty. Um, and, but then... But in, we were still friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then in all fairness, you sat down to paint your first model, and it was instantly better than anything that I had ever done. And it's like, okay, cool. So not only are you kicking my ass at this game... You're also just outpainting me now. Just here's here's your hobby. No, honestly, <laughs> when it came to that, I was just so genuinely proud of you and found it really cool because you hadn't oh. done anything like that. No, it. Me and fantasy aren't always friends. Sometimes I can't like get into it too well. So the fact that I took that, hit the ground, and ran with it, mm-hmm. I think was really impressive to you, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but the great thing, again, with the way that we're doing Warhammer, because we're playing Age of Sigmar, is that we get to do the Path to Glory. Um, so with that, we are able to do a narrative campaign and kind of write our own stories. Yours is intense at some point. <laughs> not this time around. Um, but at some point, we're going we're gonna to have you back. Yeah, my, my lore is intense. It's It's definitely something. Um, honestly, I love it. It's incredible. Um, but yeah, it's gives that a different way to play in something that is a competitive game, because once again, you are building your own story, you're building your own army. Um, so it kind of goes back to those things like Everdell, like Wingspan, um, where fine, they are games that you are playing against people, but if you're doing it at least through the narrative campaigns, you're able to work on that sort of single-player mentality and your own sort of story for it. And for people like me, like I said, the fantasy thing, I can tell a story which helps me get into it more because I understand it more because I'm telling my story. That really helps me understand and know what I'm doing with these tree people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which before I'd be like, what? Um, we'll go for a quick few honourable mentions of uh, a couple of extra games that we do have on our shelf. But these are sort of their pick-up-and-play games mm-hmm. um, as opposed to your kind of big-box things, which I, I like a big-box game. Um, but most of the time we don't have time to play a big-box game. So um, there's Hive Pocket. Yeah. That's our newest probably edition. Mm-hmm. That style of game. Um, which is, it's a tile placement checkers-like game. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, just little little buggies on it. Um, and then there is um, Tinder Blocks, uh, which is, again, it's another cute little game uh, where you are having to build your campfire with a... Um, pair of tweezers because the pieces are that small so that is very much a you can put this in your pocket you know you can put it in your handbag 
and you can take it wherever you're going to go. Yep. Um, like, this is the sort of thing that if you're ever going to have to queue somewhere to get into a place, just take that. Yeah. Um, but that one's that one's nice. That one's fun. And it's like reverse quick. Jenga. That's how I describe Tinder blocks. It's reverse Jenga. Yeah. With tweezers. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say that, that that's pretty much... That's our kind of two-player games. Yeah. That's where we're at on that. So moral of the story is we need more. <laughs> we need to look at more co-op games. Yeah. We've found the hole in our collection. Yeah. Which is... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That means that there's more to buy. <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned before, let us know any recommendations that you have for two-player co-op games. Uh, I'd like to say thank you very much uh, for joining me on this episode. It's been yeah. lovely having you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I, yeah, we're talking like we're not going to be seeing each other when the recording's done. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we just both disappear into the mist. Um <laughs> So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and all of those nice things. Take care and thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye.